We meet today in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 4. In Colossians chapter 3, the main theme that runs is Christ is the fullness of God poured out in life through believers. The thought of the section that we are looking at today deals with the fact that the thoughts and minds of believers ought to be heavenly. We have come now to the line of division in this little epistle which conforms to Paul's regular way of dividing his epistles. Paul, in many of his epistles, he always gives, first of all, the doctrinal section and then the practical section. Chapter 3 and chapter 4 comprises the practical section of Colossians. Chapter 1 to chapter 2 was dealing with the doctrinal section. We have seen the preeminence of Christ in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Remember, he was described as the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in our previous study, we saw that Christ is the head as the answer to philosophy, and he is also the heart as the answer to ritual. We have seen him as he is a member of the Trinity. He is a very man of very man, but he is a very God of very God. He is preeminent in creation because he is the creator. Christ is preeminent in redemption for he is the redeemer. He is preeminent in the church because he is the one who gave himself for the church. No one else was qualified to give himself for the church except the one who is very man and of very man, who is very God and of very God. Now we have come to a place where Paul will now insist that he must be made preeminent in our lives. Not only should we have the theology of Christ's preeminence, that must also be translated into our lives and Christ shown to be preeminent. You cannot just say, I am a committed Christian, and then live your life as you please, as many people do today. No, if Christ is preeminent in your life, then you are going to live out his life down here on earth, in your home, in your workplaces, on the streets, wherever you are, you are going to live out the life of Christ. Paul has already made this point very clear in the doctrinal section. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 and verse 10, part of it says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You see, our completeness is in him. You are made full in him. You are ready for the voyage of life in Christ Jesus. In other words, Christ is really the solution to all the problems of life. This does not mean that Christ will give you answers to all the questions that you have in life. It means that Christ will give you answers to all the questions you have in life relating to how you can be right with God. 
and also relating to how you can live successfully as a child of God, fulfilling your God-given mission. Paul has already discussed the different things that lead people away from the person of Christ. Some of them he warned against the enticing words which carry people away by oratory. He warned against philosophy where people simply engage in words. He warned against legality, where people insisted on keeping the laws, which Paul pointed out they were simply a shadow. Now the reality is here. Then he pointed to mysticism and asceticism. All these things lead people away from the person of Christ, the head, and the heart. The Christian life is to live out the life of Christ. You and I will find in Christ Jesus all that we need. That is why Colossians 2 verse 9 and verse 10 is important. For in him, that means in Christ, dwells all the fullness, the word pleroma for the fullness of the Godhead bodily, is all in him, my friend then you are complete in him. So in this practical section of the epistle, Paul will show us Christ, the fullness of God, poured out in life through believers. And that is the way he can be poured out, my friend, in life. And the world is going to see Christ as he is poured out in life. How? Through my life, through your life, if you are a child of God. Colossians 3 verse 1 If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. By the way, I need to remind you that we are also, although our feet are touching this ground, Ephesians taught us that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And since we are on the earth and Christ is above, where we are already seated with him, while we still walk on the earth, the admonition here is to focus on those things which are above, already where Christ is, where we are seated with him, because ultimately that's where we will be. I now want to look at the whole verse in totality. It begins with the word, If then you were raised with Christ. This word, if, is not of condition. It is really the if of argument. The first class conditional assumes the reality of the condition being seated with Christ. Therefore, it makes sense to read it since you were seated since you were raised with Christ, not if. Therefore, the verse could be translated, since then you were raised with Christ. It is an affirmation rather than a probing produced by doubt. No, it is affirming that you are, you were raised with Christ. That is found also in chapter 1, verse 23, and even in chapter 3, verse 9. Since you are seated with Christ, what is are you charged to do to seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting 
at the right hand of God. Again, the present imperative there connotes continual seeking. That is, as you have been doing, meaning to say the people at Corinth were already seeking those things which were above. But the danger of philosophy, the danger of ritualism was now beginning to make them doubt. But he writes them and says, you keep on doing it. Now, where is Christ today? He is sitting at the right hand of God. What are we to do today? We are to seek those things which are above. And the word seek is an interesting word. It actually means having an urgency and a desire and an ambition. What is your ambition? What is your desire? What is it that causes you not to sleep? Is it seeking the things that are above or seeking the things that are of this earth? Particularly, people are so preoccupied with making money and accumulating material goods. Seek the things that are above. There should be an excitement that goes with seeking spiritual things. Oh, sometimes you see God's people in church as they worship God. They are all putting on long faces and you wonder, why are they like that? There must be an excitement. There must be urgence. There must be an ambition. They are enthusiastic about it. And you are seeking what things? Things which are above. These are the things of Christ. The things that are above are the things of Christ. And these things include deeper knowledge of Christ, closer fellowship with him, experience of his power of resurrection, and even experiencing victory over sin. Actually, verse 5 to verse 11 will talk about that need. You need to experience victory. You need to experience his power of resurrection. And what else is included in these things? These things also include the development of godly virtues. Actually, this chapter will deal with that in verse 12 to verse 17. And then the fulfillment of domestic and social responsibilities. Again, it brings us down to the earth as we do, as we fulfill our domestic and social responsibilities. We are still focusing on the things that are above. Colossians chapter 3 verse 18 to chapter 4 verse 1 talks about that very thing. And then seeking the things that are above is actually to seek an effective prayer life. Colossians 4 verse 2 encourages us to do that. Not just a prayer life, but also seeking fruitfulness in our witnessing for Christ. Colossians 4 verse 3 to verse 4. In a word, Seeking the things that are above is the attainment of Christian maturity and all the spiritual benefits God has for his people during their days on earth. Because this seeking of the things that are above is to be done here on earth, not when we are in heaven. The time for the seeking is now when we are here. To have been raised with Christ and not to seek these blessings would be a contradiction, Paul says. Have you been raised with Christ, my friend? If you have been raised with Christ, therefore it is natural for you 
to seek the things which are above. Also, I want you to note that Paul doesn't say that you are to seek out and listen to any preacher or teacher. That is not the main thing. And may I say this to you, my friend, very frankly, don't make Asafa Makanga or any other man your idol. If you do, you have an idol who has feet of clay. You would be looking to a man who is just like you are. I want to confess I make a lot of mistakes. I'm not near the man I would like to be, nor the husband I would like to be, nor the father I would like to be. I am not yet there. Don't make any man produce a God for yourself. Worship God alone. Now, the purpose of me as a poor preacher is to get the word of God to you so that you can see the living Christ and get through to him. I'm giving you my handshake, my friend, so that I can help you put your hand in Jesus' hand. If the Holy Spirit doesn't use my ministry to get you through to the living Christ, then, my friend, I must confess, I have failed and I must quit what I'm doing. Well, but I believe with all my heart that when we are looking into the Word of God, this one book is the one that reveals the living Christ, and that is my purpose in teaching this Word as I share with you. Read God's Word. Let's walk through this journey through the Word of God and meet Christ. It's no use you knowing me and not knowing the Christ I talk about. Colossians 3 verse 2 Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. My friend, here Paul counsels his Colossian readers not to be preoccupied with things on the earth, such as current heretical philosophies that were talked about in chapter 2 verse 8, such as the legalistic practices talked about in chapter 2 verse 21 to 23, and the other vices that he will talk about in verse 5 of this chapter. He counsels his hearers not to dwell on things that are not wrong in themselves, because it's very easy for us even to dwell on things that are not wrong in themselves, things such as houses, jobs, careers, ambitions, you may name others. These things are good, but they can be wrong if they become priorities above Christ. So he advises them, think about the things that are above. That counsel is fitting for everyone who is serious about walking with God, who is serious about this life of serving God. On another occasion when Paul was even dealing with this subject concerning the urgency of making a walk with God a serious one, he says in First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31, What I mean, my brethren, is that time is short. Time is short. So he went on to counsel people to say that those who are married as if they are not married, those who, who mourn as if they are not mourning, those who rejoice as if they are not rejoicing, those who are engaged in businesses as if they do not have these businesses, and those who deal with the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. What is he saying? Make Christ the priority. 
in Philippians, Paul said that whatever things are true and honest and just and lovely, think on these things, the things of Christ. And Paul was speaking in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. My friend, life is full of its smaller problems, like whether or not you can get along with your mother-in-law, and they are very real to us. But by far the greatest need for us is to get through to Christ. That should come before everything else. Set your mind on things above. Colossians 3 verse 3 For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now if you died, if you have died, when did you die? Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. You see, you died more than 2,000 years ago when Christ died. He took my place. He took your place. We all died in him. Thus, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hidden here expresses a permanent condition created by God in Christ. The fact that the Christian's old sin nature has been crucified with Christ and buried together with him in baptism, and that he is now liberated, resurrected to live a pleasing life, that fact must be accepted by grace through faith. As Ephesians 2 verse 8 and verse 9 says, that is exactly the way we receive salvation. Having begun in the Spirit. Now, by allowing God's power to work in them by faith, believers are not made mature by the flesh, but by the Spirit. By not made mature by striving to live the Christian life in their own power without dependence on God. It is as they depend on God. Without me or apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus counseled. In John 15 verse 5 and also in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your life is hidden with Christ in God can also mean that your life is deposited with Christ who is in intimate relationship with God. As all wisdom and knowledge resides in Christ, so the believer's new life is stored up in him. This means that the Christian life belongs to the spiritual or the heavenly realm. Jesus is in an intimate relationship with God. So are his followers. Since the Colossians now belong to the heavenly realm and are intimate with God, they should seek those matters and interests pertaining to heaven and not to earth. Oh, my friend, I have been taken out of the old Adam by baptism. That is by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have been taken out of Adam and I am placed in Christ Jesus. I am now in Christ and in Christ Jesus I make all the difference. Now that I am in Christ, I should live out his life and let his fullness be lived out through me. That is what he is calling you and me to do, my friends. Colossians 3 verse 4, the last verse in our study today. 
when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, the hope is brought in the picture here. If you have any life, it is Christ's life. John wrote in his first epistle that it was his intent to show you that eternal life. How could he show eternal life? Well, he was going to show us Christ. Christ is eternal life. And one of these days, those who belong to him are going to appear with him in glory. That is wonderful. That is such a wonderful, glorious, expected future. When Christ, who is your life, appears. Christ is your life. And when he appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Isn't that amazing? Now, I would like to put together some of the thoughts that we have talked about in few sentences here. In this brief passage, actually, Paul urges us to focus on the things that are above rather than the things that are on the earth. The distinction between these two spheres has caused no end of misunderstanding. It has been said that the heavenly things matter and the earthly things don't. But that's not what Paul says. When he tells us to set our minds on the things above, he is challenging us to make Christ the center of our lives because Christ is what matters, my friend, certainly more than anything this world has to offer. And yet it is precisely because the heavenly things matter that earthly things also matter a great deal. And that is why Paul immediately launches into a long exhortation about everyday issues such as character and conduct, relationships and works. That is what he will deal with in verse 5 all the way to chapter 4 verse 6. It is because the heavenly things matter that the earthly things matter. When you value the heavenly things, then you appropriately deal with the earthly things. How we handle earthly affairs such as time, money, personal energy, emotions, our thought life, and our relationships reflects the focus of our minds. These mundane things show what matters to us. If Christ matters to us, the way we deal with earthly things will reveal that he matters or he doesn't. If we were truly raised with Christ Jesus, this will be evident in two areas of our lives. First, our personal holiness, and then our fellowship with other believers who are around us. We are going to actually look into these two issues in our next study. But for now, keep your thoughts and mind upon the things that are in heaven. And what is the main thing that is in heaven? Are they just things? It is a person. Jesus Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. Indeed, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 comes in here. Whatever things are right, are pure, are honorable, are praiseworthy, 
think about these things. What is those things? Christ, who is the fullness of all Godhead bodily. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.